All right, hello and welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Wandering tonight. We're continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign. Uh, we're getting uh, we're getting near the end. We uh, we just completed our last uh, our last fellowship phase. Our last, our last probably meaningful fellowship phase is, is what I suspect is our our march to to Angmar will probably begin at some point this session. Um, and then uh, yeah, then that's sort of the final the final stuff. And we'll see who comes back. We'll see who comes back as we learned. In our game last night, uh, I'm not afraid to take a few people out. I'm not afraid to throw a few punches. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm okay doing it. So, and we're near the end too, so it's going to be even more meaningful when that happens. It's going to uh, be so sad. We, so yeah, sad. is it? I don't know. It, it kind of depends on who we take out, right? I think there's certain, <laughs> you know, there might be a Jeff saying is okay. Too. People taking it as if like a thing that everybody says about Jeff. It's like no, he pulls his punches. <laughs> That's the thing about Jeff is that he goes really easy on people. <laughs> what is my reputation actually for that? I don't know. They're they're probably. I would too say you're fair, but tend to be on the challenging side. Okay. Which I love, honestly. Okay. I was just using. Yeah, I'm like, I love it. Awesome. <laughs> that's a, that, I, I actually kind of like that. That's probably a good a good place for it. See? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Daggy can live. Daggy can live. Daggett's gonna make it. <laughs> well done, Stephen. Uh, all right. So, uh, so yeah, we're gonna so we're gonna keep going today. Uh, we've we're gonna do. I just I just told him right before we went live. Whatever, whatever they want to do, whatever business they think is still left to be concluded in Bree. Now is the time to do it because uh, there is no guarantee that you're going to be coming back. Uh, and uh, and so, yeah, that's where we're going to go. We're also going to touch in with Tara a little bit, see what she was doing during uh, during Yule. Uh, we'll presume then we're still, effectively, it's winter time still because we're we're not going to meet up with your your forces, your allies, until uh, until the, the first thaw of spring. Um, so we have some time. So, again, whatever you want to do, but if you want to not, if you're done in 20 minutes and we want to just push on, then I'm fine to do that as well. Uh, but before we get into all that, why don't we just say hello to these characters once more and uh, and then we'll get started. So Long, tell us, a, tell us about Floy. Yes, I'm Floy, one of two dwarves, and I'm at my most valorous point at the moment at five valor. Wow. Uh, I realize that you're probably going Valor because of that one little ability that lets you add extra bonus, uh, extra damage equal to your Valor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, Munchkin. You got it. That sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Munchkin. <laughs> well, Munchkin is like another term for like... Uh, uh, for power like giver. Power giver, yeah. Oh, okay, exactly. okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. Today I learned. Uh, I mean, that's long. That's long. She's assuming we play flipboard games. <laughs> All right. Next up, Ashley, tell us about Gilly Kettlegrass. Uh, I am playing Gilly Kettlegrass. She is our Brie Hobbit. Um, and she's a scholar. She's got four pips now in uh, bows. So uh, I'm really hoping to, to just continue kill stealing uh, as that is get that final hit, you know? Four pips. That's so much. That's a That's huge That's expensive. Investment. Yeah, that was yeah. expensive. Yeah. How many of you have four in something? Four in a, a, a four pips in a, in a weapon. Daggett, you I've got, got four in my axe. axes as well. Floyd and Daggett axe. Or Rineal sword? Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like that is a ton of XP uh, to get all the way up to four. The character sheet opens what up to six? I don't even. Uh, yeah. Really. 
whatever. I can't imagine getting five. Six is. I'm exhausted thinking of how long the campaign will have to be for us to get there. That's like, I don't know. The book even says like five is like you're a master of your craft and like the best of the best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay. Uh, Next up, Melissa, tell us uh, something or a thing or two about a renewal. Uh, yeah, so Arineal is our uh, champion ranger of the north in this party. Um, as was just mentioned, uh, I did uh, during all of our fellowship phase goings on, uh, increase swords up to four. Um, I do not have any individual skills at four, though. Uh, skills kind of top out at three. Um, and as we learned a few episodes ago, I have nothing in insight. And I still have nothing in insight. Uh, and the other thing I have nothing in is riddle. So those are the two parts of my character sheet that are completely blank. Completely blank. No pips in either of those. Uh, but she's decently good at some athletics, hunting, healing, battle, stealth explorer stuff. Very very nice. Um, I again, I how much actually? Another question I had for but how many how many points do you have left over right now? Having spent like adventuring points, skill points, did anyone two skill points, three adventure points? Okay, okay. I have Pretty three efficient. and three, three and three. Anyone? Seven I and one. have two and three. Twelve, 12 adventuring points that I need to spend on something. Okay, uh, fair enough. So no one hit it right, right. on the right on the number. Because uh, no. you get, I've also you been get keeping like a track. set of steak knives if you do that. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been keeping track just in case anyone was wondering. And so far, we have accrued a hundred. At least I have, because I think some things are a little different here and there. One hundred and forty skill points and one hundred and thirty-one adventure points. Because I nice. was just keeping a running total. That is a lot. Along nice, the nice. way. Uh, I want to say thank you to Mozzarelli. Uh, for the raid. Appreciate it. We're just getting started. Perfect timing. We're just kind of going through character intros. Uh, as uh, we are, are getting very close to the end of the campaign, so we're getting very nostalgic. Uh, so, so we're like kind of kind of going over some of that as we do our introductions. Uh, let's kick it over to Daggett. Uh, Daggett, our captain, our leader. What what more is there to say about Daggett, Stephen? Honorary halfling as well. Uh, Daggett <laughs> is a dwarf, born a dwarf, but uh, adopted halfling. Uh, become fast friends with Tolman, Gilly's dad. And uh, we have the yeah, he's earned... now. <laughs> I have a certificate. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've earned so much trust and respect in this group that I, I'm basically the de facto leader now. And I, I get to make all the important choices. They trust me with that. Yeah, we learned last time that Daggett and Tolman, uh, Tolman Kettlegrass, Gilly's dad, boy, they're just good friends. They're great friends. Uh, and it's uh, it's gonna be good if Daggett survives. I feel like you're just gonna be sleeping on the Kettlegrass's couch for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's what it feels like. What if we help him build his own apartment within like our family grounds? He'd still probably end up sleeping on your couch. I think. I think that's he'd true. Still <laughs> over there. Oh, one more thing. Arrow. Oh, I have a Z-shaped nose now because it's been broken twice. Yeah, <laughs> I, and it didn't get broken back into place. It just got broken further out of place. <laughs> he hit me from the wrong angle. <laughs> you probably have like the worst sense of smell. It just doesn't make any sense anymore to you. Yeah, oh, I snore goodness. so loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, this is what this is. This is probably what like what Tolman's thinking. Like, well. Well, maybe if we let Daggett in here with his snore and Gilly will finally move out. Oh, she's been <laughs> here her whole life already. Come on now. Something like that. 
Uh, <laughs> and then finally, Tara. What is there to say about Tara? No, what is there to say about Tara? Tell us about Tara. Uh, I my name is Mike Trey, and I'm playing Tara. Tara for short, uh, she her, and um, she is a warden ranger uh, of the north, and uh, spent a bunch of XP. Um, spent a bunch of pardon me, skill points and magic points. Uh, up my uh, valor. Uh, pardon me, up my wisdom. Took the uh, prowess virtue. Um, and brought my strength target number down. And um, because not all rangers are brooding silent types like Strider, some rangers are like Gimli, and, and that's Tara. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so she is, uh, she's, she's more of a brawler uh, with her spear. Um, also took my persuade up, um, and uh, that's the scenes with Hollis that both Renil and Jeff were speaking about, and and that's sort of how I, I'm hoping to kind of message and and work through that. Um, I think that's that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh fantastic. So uh, let's start up then. We are. In the year 2967, about to turn over to 2968. It's about a little over two years since the campaign began for uh, for your reckoning. Uh, this is the year 2968 when Frodo was born. Just just throwing that out there, a little, little nugget of info. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but it is, uh, it's 2967 wintertime. We'll say we're still in, you know, we're still in Yule time-ish, give or take. Uh, you all, last time around, you said your goodbyes to the Ranger Haven. You had some final words and some some promises from folks like Lady Aerosil that they were going to send forces. Gandalf tried to leave Daggett with some uh, some words of wisdom as uh, as he was leaving, uh, but he was not going to be joining uh, joining the fight uh, as he had he had business elsewhere. Uh, travel on the road was is actually relatively free from danger, but not from distraction, uh, as I think at one point Floyd. Uh, uh, took a took a moment to steal a sword uh, from a from a grave, uh, which is always good. Uh, and uh, some snow started to fall along the way, and then you made it back to Bree. Uh, once you got there, Gilly, as we've already mentioned, took Daggett and Tara to meet her parents. Uh, Floyd, you checked in with Rosa Goodborough. The very first quest NPC we had, the starter, a uh, good friend of Balin. Uh, you were going to help her at the very beginning of this campaign when it was only supposed to be five sessions long. Uh, and then Arineal, just teasing, it was going to be longer. Uh, and then Arineal, uh, you checked in on Marge Oakstout, uh, and both of you got some some bad news. Both Floy and Arineal heard some bad things. First, that in Coombe, uh, Elise Briarcleave's condition, uh, a lumberjack, very uh, good friend of the party, her condition worsened. Last time you saw her, she was in terrible, terrible condition. Hollis Oakstout was able to fetch an elf, but it was far too late to get real help from Elisterion. And she sadly kind of turned into some sort of wraith or undead creature, attacked and killed Graham Sweetroot, maimed Alcott Sweetroot, who has been a longtime NPC uh, within Coombe, who actually has helped heal in the past. And uh, Hollis kind of took to drink because he blamed himself for this, as Elise was one of his his dearest friends. Uh, as we've mentioned, Tara Arineal had, had, had some words uh, with Hollis and kind of at least got him for the moment to stop blaming himself so much. Uh, but you can tell that he's hurt by everything. 
there was some good times as you did, did spend some time with the kettle grasses at these kind of more casual holiday dinners. Uh, Daggett and Tolman, as we mentioned, uh, became fast friends. They bonded over smoking the leaf and shooting arrows in the sky and trying not to get hit by them when they come back down. That was uh, That's the game. That's what they do. Uh, you did some training as well. Uh, and I think Arineal even traveled up to Archit to uh, retrieve a special present for Gilly, a new bow. Uh, and so that's how you'll continue. And the first thaw is nearing, and you know that you are mustering your forces at Amonsul or Weathertop, which is about four days away from Bree. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and just start it up. And you all tell me uh, if there are things that you would like to do. Uh, and I'm going to start with you all. What are we up to? We'll say you will say Yule. The actual holiday has passed. Winter is still here. There's still some reverie left. I would imagine that there's probably this sense of foreboding as this is coming. Like anxiety might be starting to kick up a little bit. As we, you can you can tell with the the holidays having passed, that it's just a it's just a matter of time before winter breaks. What would everyone be up to in Bree as you prepare? I would be coming out of winter, out of hibernation, pretty much all this relaxation, being kind of rusty a bit. I'll start scouting out the ch the Chetwood, the marshes, just get some training in. Okay, uh, roll an explore test actually, if you're gonna spend, and this is all a montage over several days, maybe a week or two. But you're welcome to make an explore test, absolutely. Great success. Okay, so it's actually kind of very grim. Uh, as you explore, as you heard, you all heard about a year ago or so um, that there was, from Hollis specifically, that like drowned dead were starting to rise up within the swamps, the marshes, and they have, and it's become a very, a much more dangerous place than it's always been. And now there's there always was the occasional troll, certainly some goblins and some other creatures that might uh, that might shift around the marshes. But the fact that like with with a greater level of boldness than uh, than has been seen at least in recent times for those who are old enough within breed to recall the last few decades, uh, there has been more than one story that has been passed along by folks who are maybe traveling outward to fetch some. Uh, some herbalist uh, ingredients or just people traveling maybe along the Great East Road. There's not that many travelers at this time of year, uh, but you do get you do hear some things and you probably hear some stories from folks prior as you physically go about doing it. Uh, it's still cold. There's still snow on the ground. Um, and more than once, you can see that there are ruins that are half sunken within the marshlands and at night or in the evening, you can see that some denizens kind of stir up from the lake here and there. Can't tell if they're specter, they're corporeal. It's kind of hard to say. You're a seasoned enough warrior that you know how to scout. I would say with the you know this type of this type of thing. So you're not necessarily going to get uh, get ambushed or anything. But you see it more than once, and that they seem to be lingering and moving around. The Chetwood, also fairly grim news as. Elise Briarcleave was was the most knowledgeable of that place. She was a lumberjack. She had a cabin in the woods. You even know that Arineal was living within the uh, the home of Talendil and Marimbem, a little bit further, you know, a little bit deeper into the woods. 
none of that is really reachable anymore as there have been dangers that have been growing. The shadow is growing long. Stories about lumberjacking crews going out for firewood for the winter to store, getting attacked. Um, some say goblins, some say the shadows themselves. Some hear voices. It's all, it's all very grim. And it certainly is this constant undercurrent that comes up in conversation, whether you're drinking with dwarves and travelers in the dwarf house, whether you're in the prancing pony, whether you're in the cum and waddle, whatever inn or tavern that you might be just in, in common company with, you hear just as many stories about these types of incidents, uh, rumors here and there. Some of them like fish stories, they might be a little bit more grandiose, but you've seen some evidence that they might be based in fact. I would just spend days going back and forth, trying to maybe clean up some of the areas, take out some of these ghouls. I'll say with your with your Kobar's cleaver there, with your the bane of the undead on top of it. I mean, if you're doing this by yourself, you're probably not going to take on a whole mass of these or clear an entire ruin. But certainly there's more than once that we can see Floy coming in contact with <laughs> some ancient, or not even ancient, just decades old poor sot who just happened to to sort of pass away within the, within the marshes. Uh, or maybe some denizen from the Forsaken Inn who just wandered off one night and got drunk and taken out by something in these marshes. But you, more than once you, you encounter uh, this crawling dead. Brainless, mindless, not nearly as savvy as some of the creatures that she fought. I mean, after facing a Nazgul, these things go down much more simply. Uh, but we'll say, yeah, you're able to, to kind of take out a few here and there. At least at least push them back away from the roads a little bit further. Uh, but unless it was a full-on endeavor, uh, there are probably still a decent number of those things inside. What else are people doing uh, as Yule fades, winter lingers, but threatens to break? What else are people doing? Daggett would be preparing his gear, most of all, uh, starting with block fong, sharpening, uh, oiling, uh, redoing the leather on the hilt, that sort of thing. And then he would move to his armor. Um, and one of my uh, key items is cloth padding for my armor. So I would be redoing that, making sure that uh, the padding is newer. It's not as frayed or torn. It's going to continue to keep the armor as quiet as possible. And then he would be looking for like polish or paint or something like that, just to like uh, stop the reflectiveness of the metal as well. Absolutely. There are, even though it's winter time, there's still business to be had within Bree, especially uh, the uh, sort of the the normal section of the of the city where we can usually see like this expanse of green children playing. It still exists. There's fewer merchant stalls that are out because there's not as much material that is prepared. But there is very much uh, activity here. Um, as people are trading for the winter what they can. So you're able to track down some of these things from craftsmen and folk who are, who are doing repairs or, or trying to fulfill some orders, things like that nature. When you 
sit down, whether it's in the confines of uh, of the kettle grasses, maybe you're given a home, a place to stay, or maybe you joined Floy uh, at the at the dwarf house. Uh, Kofi is more than happy to give you uh, a room. There is space, and you are tending to your equipment, especially when you are attending to old block farm. You're sharpening. You're trying to apply some of this, some of this, this substance, this kind of a, almost like an epoxy of some kind, maybe something to cover and, and kind of clean out some of the shine. You can't help but notice the flickering of your lantern light that makes it a little bit that kind of just comes out of nowhere and you realize time has passed a lot more time than you remember more than once while you're sharpening the blade you hear voices they're all very indistinct you think for a moment it might be somebody in the neighboring room but then your eyes just kind of linger for really a long time at the surface of the blade and while you're trying to get rid of that reflectiveness some is still there and when you look down you can see your face staring back at you and as you do the shadows maybe the light from the lantern make a change the beard kind of grows longer and more frayed your eyes become sunken so much so dark that it's just this pool of black no sclera no iris, nothing. The nose even straightens out for a moment, flattens a bit. And you realize just for the for the briefest second, there is a foreign face staring back at you. And with a start, everything resets and you can see yourself once more. I recognize the face. You do not, unfortunately. Okay. Well, like any good dwarf, I'm going to take that information and bury it deep down uh, and pretend it didn't happen. I feel like you're playing a dwarf like a classic man from 1957. Wonderful. Going to go get a go get a scotch on the rocks, sits down. It's great. I'm 109. I'm a I'm a boomer dwarf is what it is. Dramatic nine is not boomer. That's like Gen Xer. It's like a Gen Xer. <laughs> Dwarves can push two hundred, man. What are you doing? Okay, uh, who else is doing something as Yule fades, as winter uh, threatens to finish? What else are we doing to prepare to say goodbye? What are we doing? Uh, I thought I saw Reniel unmute, so I'll, I can go after her. Go ahead. Um, I, over the month, uh, Tara has spent has been spending time with us. Um, really, like this is the kind of thing that like really messes with her, like on a personal level, like seeing mm-hmm. someone so broken in their humanity. Um, so she's, um, feeling very compelled to spend some time with him. Um, so yeah. he will, I mean, Nico will gladly accept your company. Uh, you probably at some point meet the wonderful, the renowned Marge Oakstout, who I would say much to Arineal's chagrin actually demonstrates some warmth and kindness towards Tara. Uh, doesn't assign <laughs> the task to complete. 
it's a very peculiar experience, uh, as you you've might have heard stories about what a battle axe this woman is. She's so I, mean. I, and, yeah. <laughs> and she's got an edge to her. But, like, and a friend of mine, my dear son, is a friend of mine. Are you thirsty, lass? You're coming out, of the, coming out of the winter. It's too cold outside. Thank and so you. she, like, invites you in, actively does, and serves you. you. She, like, brings you over some hot tea. Like, I'm not the yeah, no, my expression is what Eridius is right now. <laughs> I'm not the greatest of of, of bakers, but I'll, I'll place together a couple uh, a couple little bits of snacks for us. Uh, what left over? I try to be festive with them. And she puts them no, in like a little is, plate. There's cookies. There's like colorful wonderful. sprinkles and stuff. I I only ever get different kinds of dried meat. So this is and and whatever fruit I can meat. find on the trees. So this I've is got plenty of meat. We got dried meat. Is that what no you no? Prefer? This is this is wonderful. Do you have any more and anything more pastries, cookies? I I, I never get of anything course. like that. No one ever asked me to bake for them. They all just no one. It's a pleasure to have you here, Tara. Of course, I've got so many. And she just runs to the kitchen, comes back, plates of cookies and stuff that she's dropping down in front. I like to think, if it's okay with Irineal, Irineal, you stop by one of these days. Door opens. Sure. There's Tara. crumbs. Crumbs on her plate. And Marge looks up at you. What do you want? Oh, I am, oh, this is my friend, Ari. Do you know Ari? Is that her name? Your name's Ari? I don't know her name. What, she this, never tells me her name. She just comes it's over. It's I've I've mentioned it. But yes, this is my friend, Tara. You see, You're friends with Tara? You? Yes. Are yeah. friends have with you, this one? Have you tried her cookies? They're so good. Is, is there nothing? I feel like I'm tasting nutmeg. There is nutmeg. Nutmeg and cinnamon. Yes. You, you, you baked cookies? <laughs> yes. Why is that such a surprise? Her voice just like literally shifts when she turns to talk to Arinio. <laughs> I'm so glad to see that Tara is eating your cookies. That's that's so great. You need to try one of these. Oh, I have this one. It's shaped like a, like a, like a Man, what what are these? They're shaped like it a man. Is. I just uh, the little the little hobbit folk. I thought they would oh, be yeah. festive. Ari, so one of these. So good. <laughs> the, these, this is quite artistic. The holiday hobbits is what I call them. Wow, that's I. That's so surprising. And she she's like, looking at you with really squinting <laughs> eyes. Breaks the leg off and eats it. Is it good? Does it taste good? Tara likes tell me them everybody. a lot. <laughs> Tara likes them a lot. <laughs> the, this is this is wonderful. This is delicious. Quite delicious. But she can't get rid of the surprise. Like she's trying to like <laughs> tamp down the surprise in her voice, and she just can't. <laughs> this is. This is quite wonderful. This is, wow, this is quite wonderful. I don't know why you sound so surprised. It's just, it's been quite quite a while since we have had the, the time to dedicate to 
speaking, it's it's it's, it's quite lovely. What and, it, her name was Martha? Is that what you said? Marge. 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 Around, I'm gonna I'm say sorry. you say that out loud. Like, oh, it's Marge Terra. Stop. <laughs> you know my name. Oh, you Marge. Get name wrong. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, you know what, I, I, area, I was saying how we never get anything except dried meat and whatever fruit we can find. So this is beyond a treat for us. So, you know, if, if you're seeing surprise in Arrhenius' face, that's probably what it is. We, we, we went weeks where all we ate was berries. We had a hunter in the group who would go out and would always bring back berries. It was just berries for weeks. This, these... Baked, baked goods are just, just... I don't have any berries, if that's the triangle is here. No, no, no. It's not no, berry not. season. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Tara, it, it was lovely, lovely seeing you. Okay, Tara, boy. I, uh, I think <laughs> I mouthful had <laughs> somewhere and Renil can see very clearly that she is not welcome here. <laughs> So you leave. She will, Eventually, though, steal yeah. a cookie on the way out. One of the other. Stealth at, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's fine. You um, so you leave. Uh, at some point, Hollis will will come out looking worse for wear, but like Marge is definitely tending to him, um, keeping him busy, asking him to do this or that. Uh, whenever the two of you spend time, like he he's always pushing to go. It's one of the ends. He's always pushing to go to the to, to the to the pony, uh, the Kuman Waddle. He even mentions like, you know, the Forsaken Inn. Even he'll he's even willing to go there, though. You know, watch mm. watch where you put your your fineries when you head there. Yeah, but he's always yeah. pushing to go there. Uh, and I don't know how Tara would handle that. Whether she so no, she's the, at least the first few times she's very willing to go uh she won't go to the forsaken inn and she's like no no let's, let's go somewhere nicer and it kind of, kind of steers them towards a place that's not the forsaken inn and uh but the first few times at least like she definitely goes with um the conversation i think is very similar to that first night um, where he blames himself and uh, for for a lot of things and uh, Tara doesn't dissuade him it's like yeah it, it was your fault you you should be better you should have done better it's our job to die protecting people and you didn't and uh, it's yeah, if if there is uh, if there's anything to to beat yourself up, uh, this obviously the, you know the a more a, the more appropriate language, but but uh, essentially, um, if there's anything to take yourself to task to, it is that you are putting yourself in a position to no longer be the best you can. You are drinking, you are making yourself unbearable to be around. You are pissing off all the patrons here 
we're just trying to take a load off after a long day's work. So not only did you not live up to your professional, you know, uh, the things you were supposed to do, but you have no personal integrity anymore either. So she's like, yeah, you you kind of suck and you need to get better. <laughs> Tough love. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind yeah. of her approach. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, let's do, I mean, I want to do a roll. We'll see how he takes this. We could do, maybe we could do it in Harton. Which, strangely enough, I think would make sense in that case. Uh, I actually, uh, I'd love to persuade if you don't mind. Uh, because that, yeah, that's what right. I'm trying to, uh, trying trying to push up. Um, okay. Sorry, bear with me one second. I actually really want to succeed on this. So does people mind if I take an audience size? Go, Go right ahead. ahead. Hashtag tough love Tara. Yeah. Tough love Tara. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Tolkien Purist dropped us some bits at the very beginning. Thank Hell you yes. So, so uh, 26 well. total with one six. Okay, that is a fantastic nice. success. Great success. He, I would say his initial reaction is definitely one of defensiveness. Um, yeah. And, and more, multiple <laughs> times... Throughout the conversations, like he tried, like he, you know, he, he, he's like, well, uh, "What do you mean? No, that, oh, you're over. No, that's not what it is. No, it's not. It's just that." And then he keeps trying to offer excuses, and at a certain point, he notices he kind of probably comes to the realization, like, "Well, I sure do make a lot of excuses for all of my mistakes, don't I? Maybe I just gotta stop." Owning up to the one ones I've made, and maybe be smarter so I don't make a lot of the same ones in the future. You think? I think so. I think your biggest problem right now is not the mistakes you made; it's the wallowing. I know. Everyone makes mistakes. I'm just not. I don't know, it's just, whenever I had problems before, whenever I was upset, when they threw me, when when Pickthorn threw me out of the woodens and cast me out into the marshes, there was always a lease I could go to and I could talk to and before I wallowed too far and spun down the spiral, she was there to catch me and make sure I don't... I don't keep getting so morose, but but she's not here no more, and not here to do that. And part of the reason she's not here is is me. And so it's very confusing because I miss her because she's my friend, but I miss her because she made me better. Does that make sense? Yes. And I, any other time I would say, you know, let me try and be, not at least, I would never be able to be at least, but let us keep talking. But at the end of this month, I need to leave for Ingmar. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But maybe we can spend time until then. All right. That's fun, but we don't got to talk about this all the time. Like, I really, really would rather not. <laughs> all the feelings talk. No, no. Uncomfortable. I, let's, no, it's, let's talk about it, other things. It, it's, it's enough. I, I think we've made our point. <laughs> so we just see like, There's the camera. Like, have you played Tajero? <laughs> <laughs> so we fade out of there as like other conversations are are introduced. Gilly or Rineal, any final business that you have here? Yeah. Um, okay. I feel like Rineal, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't um, the cabin kind of close to Oswald Breakers? No, it's not. And uh, Rennie will probably wouldn't be able to make it out to the cabin, I would say, in the winter and with what Floy has learned. It's Ooh. a very dangerous place, actually, out there okay. right now. Yeah. Darn. So okay. it, you could. You could. No, you, you could definitely go out there, but I'm going to ask for some rolls, and there's going to be some danger associated with it. But you could. You can do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gilly, though, she does spend her days uh, probably at Oswald's. Okay. Uh, over the series of time and then basically doing what she did previously where she's basically transcribing everything new that she's discovered since she's last been at his house so he has a copy of it um, apologizing to Oswald and Miss um, Alcott mm-hmm. um, Alcott's sweet then, root yeah yeah and then um, just spending time with her and then in the evenings her and her mom and whoever else is available is spending time preparing um, all of the rations and stuff that we'll need on our adventures. So I imagine like they've kind of turned Gilly's apartment almost into like a a dry room. So there's just strings of meat everywhere hung above like the hearth in her apartment. Um, And then her kitchen table that she has in there is, is just covered with other dry goods and stuff that they've prepped and prepared together. And when you check in with Oswald and Alcott, you can tell Alcott's been staying there. Like Oswald has been, she has no home. So yeah. not just, a, not just that her husband was killed. You can see that her, her hand, her, her main hand has been horribly maimed. She's lost a few fingers and you can see that like it was kind of cut down the middle as well. So she's struggling here and there. She doesn't, blame you but you can tell she's in you know she tries to put on a brave face but she's extraordinarily sad but she's yeah. you know she seems determined to try to to live a life um oswald as you know is a widow himself mm-hmm. and in the beginning of the campaign he was known to be a bit of a recluse and not only that but kind of a, a grumpy one and people didn't really like to spend a whole lot of time um but over the course of the, the last couple of years as you all have come into his life and in doing so have brought folks like the Sweet Roots and others into his life. Balin has spent time there as well. Like you can see that a lot of the hardness that he once had, like he's a much kinder man, but not necessarily um, the kindness, uh, you know, the sunshine, but he's a much kinder man. And he dotes on her a little bit here and there. Like he'll, he'll, you know, fetch this, fetch that open jars He's often trying to make food, which he's not accustomed to doing for anyone but himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and you know that he has also been doing, he's been writing a book and he's been, and you knew this already. He was already trying to work on writing books about Arnor and the successor kingdoms, mm-hmm. Arthur Dane and Carlin and Rudar, et cetera. And he's taken some of the things that you've learned, the lore that you've learned, your ability to kind of connect him with some other uh, intelligent folks that have passed through. Uh, but his, his own, interestingly enough, his own endeavors have certainly slowed as he's turned his attention away from his studies and more towards like being personable and helping out his yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you do also know that if you, I think you've told him or I'm sure you would have told him about the library down in Tharbad. Yes. And yeah. he is very interested in trying to one of his other other sto- other things that he's been doing lately is trying to find stories about restoring or redeeming wraiths or something like that, putting the dead to rest. And he hasn't really had much success. And so he yeah. probably muses maybe when you return, the two of you could travel down there sometime. Yeah. In preparation, in case she doesn't, she does leave a letter um, for him to present to uh, Agna. Agna, yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, just because Gilly and her became such fast friends, you as did. introducing She's... him as one of Gilly's personal yeah. friends. Okay. To hopefully smooth the bridge for him. He gets a little choked up at that. He's like, oh, this is clearly not going to be necessary because you're going to return and you're going to come down and make the introductions yourself. Uh, of course, yeah, that, uh, yeah, I just, I, precautions is all. In case I want to go sooner, is what you mean. Yes, in case you can't wait for me to return. There we go. That's better. Good. All right. And so, yeah. um, when I do return, if expansions are, are needed, I, I could assist with that as well for expansions? the house. No, 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 no. Don't be, uh... We have plans in the spring to perhaps... There's several of us who are going to pitch in and rebuild what Alcott had. This is, this is a friend doing a kindness for a friend who did a kindness in return for me when I lost my dear wife. And I am now doing the same. And there's nothing more than that. But well, there's several of us. Time, I want to help as well. We'll leave some chores for you for when you return. Thank you. Shall we fade out of that? Arineal. Final business. Uh, after I have gotten myself some updated snowshoes for the season, she will try them out on a trek out to the cabin. Yeah, you go to that same marketplace that Dak gets in. Someone comes up to you like, we've got new models in. Uh, you can say... That we've used not one, but two layers of lacquer to give it that extra sheen, that wonderful extra sheen, so that you're not going to get as much grime build up on the outside. And not only that, but but feel the weight of the wood. Feel it. Feel it. It's lighter, isn't it? It's so much lighter. It's lighter on your feet, but it doesn't mean it's lighter on the snow. You got me? So it's still going to be just as effective, but it's not going to wear you down as much. Uh, these are really ah. good design. These really represent an advancement and snowshoe design 
Well, we're thinking of sending them out to, to, to various other places. Uh, we've got interested investors uh, over in Rivendell, if you can believe it. You would think, hey, the elves are so very light. But now, sometimes the snow up on those misty mountains off to the east so thick they need something else to aid them. And I would think that these here snowshoes would be perfect for a ranger of your kind. One who's traveling about, a woman of action, a woman of adventure. You never know when you're going to need them. And if that's not enough to sell you on them, not only can they be used as shoes, but in that, that rare case where you come up against one of them them slavering goblins and your, your, your sword's over there, your knife's over there, you take one of these things and you whack them upside the head and they're sturdy enough to stay together. They won't splinter on you. But of course, if they do splinter on you, very sharp they'll be and you can just dab them right in the eye. You see, I, we've thought of I everything thought, that you would need. You really have thought of everything. I I, I do believe, as you know, I've, I've been here multiple times for new snowshoes. I do believe I fashioned them into a trap one time as was needed after they were broken. So they have... Uh, been quite useful. I, I, I must say, though, I, myself as a ranger, I don't actually take fatigue while journeying, so the heaviness is is less of a uh, feature oh, for me that I, I would see. get a benefit from. But I, I believe that for the elves, that would be fantastic. That would be really a, a great feature for them. They, they would see. very much appreciate that. That's uh, that's very great. I'm so glad to hear it. Wonderful. Um, well... You're, you don't take fatigue. It is what it is. It's fine. Uh, but These, we do the, the craftsmanship uh, take, here. We do take silver and barter. That's what we take, and uh, yes, we'll take yes, whatever yes. you got. Silver. I do have silver for you, and this has just been wonderful. The, the craftsmanship here is just just great, and I I do uh, hope that uh, perhaps even next next year I can see what you've cooked up with the new model. We've got, we've got great plans for next year. We're going to be doing something a little bit special. Something that adds a touch of aesthetic flair to these things. We're going to do a line of colors. Yeah? We've got some dyes and some pigments. Okay, we bought them from some, some dwarf merchants who swung by some of the elves out west. And what we're going to do is we're going to lacquer them up and we're going to get them all sorts of different colours so people can personalise and they can enjoy themselves. What do you think of that? Well, yeah. I I believe that there are people who wear snowshoes and want to be seen while wearing snowshoes. And that is who you market that to. Some people don't want to be seen and they're wearing the snowshoes to be quiet and kind of blend in, so they would not, probably not. Although, if you can paint it white, that would blend right in. Like that it. Yeah. No right color in. snowshoes. It's almost like you just. Oh, this is a great. This is a great idea. I thank. I thank you very much. Discount if I can take that idea for you and use it. All right. That's a loyal oh, customer. No need for return next year. We'll give, it's... we'll save you a prototype. Is what we'll do. That that sounds wonderful. Thank you so very much. Oh, fantastic! Well, enjoy them. I hope they serve you well. Thank you. Good okay. to you. All right. Anybody else have any last lingering business? No is a um, perfectly acceptable answer. I just wanted to give you all an opportunity. Go ahead, Daggett. 
Is it okay to swap out a useful item? Absolutely. It's part of the fellowship phase. That's what okay. I just did. Fishing net for snowshoes. Yep. Gotcha. So if anybody wants to switch something out and yeah. And just to reiterate, I'm not sure if my tray has ever really had to worry about this too much, but like my no. useful items, it's not like there's a finite list of what they are. If there's something that you can come up with, just say what it is. Useful items, they're very narrow, like they're very specific, and they can be used to essentially get a bonus die on a roll. So yeah. snowshoes okay. are what for Explorer, I think you use them for, Ariel. Is that right? Use your snowshoes for Explorer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like my rope and hook is good for athletics. And you Got get a it. number of useful items that corresponds to your uh, your status of living. Uh, so, okay. wherever you're at on that chart. Can I standard of living? Give that some thought and have something identified before next session. Is that okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Looking at the time, I don't. Yeah, I think we'll probably still have some, some time for that because I don't think we're going to be able to finish the full journey tonight. We might get it started, but I don't finish, think we're going to finish it. Okay. If something comes up during play, I'll just identify it then and there. That's fine. Uh, I just I can't think of anything right this second. <laughs> no I don't want to hold up the game. Um, right. I would like to swap out a useful item then. Uh, okay. It, it won't be too long, but uh. Daggett, uh, being the very uh, communicative and uh, in touch with his emotions dwarf that he is, a uh, modern dwarf, um, he is going to leave a note for Tolman instead of actually saying goodbye. Um, and it would be written uh, probably on the back of one of Gilly's uh, pages of some sort, maybe torn out of a book without asking her in very crude handwriting and it would be addressed T-Man <laughs> this pipe means a lot to me I don't want to lose it in Angmar please hold on to it dag it and I'm gonna roll my uh, snag it stone pipe up in there Steven that was delightful I like that very much um We'll uh, we'll, we'll have a future scene of Tolman unwrapping it, looking at it, tying a little little flicker of tear builds up in his eyes. But then he's like, "Well, I don't really want it go to go to rice. He wouldn't want me to waste it." <laughs> and then he puts it in his mouth and he starts lighting it up. Classic Tolman. T man. Okay. Anything else? Renio, you had mentioned something about maybe wanting to go to the cabin. Was that? Was that something you were, were still interested in doing? Yeah, so I'm thinking that this was sort of in concert with kind of Gilly working on kind of drying up a bunch of meats and stuff. So Reniel's kind of going out doing some hunting, um, you know, kind of there and back um, to just make sure we're as fully stocked as possible. Roll a hunting test. See how well you do. And see what game is like as well. Okay. The healthy thud of Norse foundry metal dice. Right? Desire. We love it. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, I still got ASMR. A, I, got a, I got a set picked out that I'm gonna I'm gonna grab because uh, I wanted some new Delta Green dice. Great Hell success. Yes. Yep. So Arenial, uh you're traveling about the Chetwood. Uh it's several days. It's um game is 
is a little bit scattered. Mostly you're seeing like snow hairs, small things like that. Uh, you, you do periodically see tracks, hooves of considerable size. And you are face down uh, one day uh, with very little light, just a little bit coming through the trees. Uh, there's not a ton of vegetation left on some of these trees, but it's kind of a gray, overcast winter day. And you, you catch sight of these tracks once more, and they lead you circuitously through this forest, which I would say that you feel this instinctive, unsettling feeling. Like it's... There's something about this place that has grown darker to you. Like you, it's just it's just something that you can sense, uh, and you're a little bit more on your guard. Whereas in the last, you know, year to two since Talondale and Marambem took up time here, Elise was was working regularly, and so you had so many people who were regularly. It almost, it almost was starting to feel like a safer and safer place where the worst dangers were, you know, a stray wolverine or you know, or fox or something like that, that might be a little bit rabid, but nothing so grandiose as like trolls or goblins or, but of late, and especially now it feels a little different, but there is this moment of like this stray bit of, of, of sunshine that comes down and you see ahead of you on a hill overlooking what looks like a, a frozen pond. You see that there is very large elk You see, it's got these beautiful, grandiose antlers coming out in this almost perfectly symmetrical pattern. And it's just staring off at this point. Not at you, but you would think just off northward somewhere. And the sun is just hitting it. You're not sure if it's just basking in that bit of sun for a moment or not. But you've been moving up very quietly, and you have a shot. Uh, Arneal will take the shot. You let loose an arrow. It flies. There's a touch of a whistle. And you never see the elk's face because the arrow just embeds right into its neck. This perfect shot. Swift, merciful, instant death. And it collapses. You're able to go over, dress to kill as best you can. You're able to bring that very large elk, and it is not an easy trek back, actually. It takes you a quite considerable time. Darkness eventually starts to fall. You have to shoo away various smaller scavengers, predators, things like that, that are potentially hinting, smelling the blood on the on the ice. But you do eventually get it back to Coombe and into Bree. Once you get to Coom, you can grab a small cart from Rosa Goodborough or something like that. And you have a very, very bountiful, bountiful bit of, you know, food here. When the morning comes after that, you guys look out and you can see that there's a, there's some, some, some crowds forming here and there and people kind of talking and on the streets and you realize you can actually see the streets as the sun has begun to melt or excuse me the snow has begun to melt the sun is up much brighter than the past there's still the residue of snowfall here and there but it certainly seems as though winter at long last is actually broken 
You can see off to the east, the sun is rising, not just over the misty mountains, but over the weather hills, where the ruins of Amansul Weathertop currently lie, where you're supposed to be mustering at the first thaw in spring with your forces. So, eventually you all meet together, you get your beat and root, and the other one. Boot. Boot. Foot. Uh. I don't know. Newt something. It's boot. It's boot. And you get maybe a small cart. You pack up your your things, your belongings. Say your goodbyes. There's a tearful exchange with Pim, Kettlegrass, yeah. Tolman. It's the two, the two of your parents bid you farewell. They're very happy to also take time to stress to Arineal and Floy and Tara. Unfortunately, not Daggett as he is dodging the Kettlegrasses to make he sure. He stayed at the dwarf house, I think, that, the travel house the night before. Yeah. They're stressing that you best bring my girl home. You, you hear me. I'm entrusting her to you. This is not one, but two, but three, three trips to this dire, horrific place. She oh, better I'm, return. I'm sure she'll be bringing me home. Well, I'd like to see you too, Mr. Floor. I would indeed. And you see that? That fella Daggett of yours, well, you tell him I want to see him as well. You hear me? All of you. You will. Okay. I imagine this is while Gilly is inside, like, grabbing her last of her things, and she walks Mm -hmm. out and her parents pretend like she wasn't just lecturing the group. That sounds good. Yeah, I'll figure. Yeah, just, it's like talking traffic now. Yeah, it's just going to take the Great East Road east for, oh, I don't know, 20 miles or so, and it'll be right there in your north. Like he's telling you guys how to get the weather. So. Yeah. Gilly yeah. looks like she's really that crying. way for sure. <laughs> you hit a sign with the yellow plunger you've gone yeah. to for. <laughs> <laughs> Gilly's pretending like she hasn't just cried her heart out as she gives her parents another hug. (laughs) Oh, goodness. And you all travel across Bree. No one, there's no fanfare. No one really knows. I mean, like, you're not, like, these big, massive heroes in Bree. Like, you know some people wave here and there to a a merchant vendor in the market. The the stall guy for the snowshoes gives you a big, big thumbs up, Arineal. And uh, Jeff, I'm so yeah. sorry for the useful item before we leave. I've actually uh, taken maps. Okay. Um, so I swapped out bomb for maps. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, now you all have made this trek before. Uh, we, normal. It's a it's it's a four day travel from Bree to Weathertop, uh, and uh, it's it's not difficult to travel. Uh, I'm not going to require us to start the journey just yet. So instead, we'll just do this a little bit more narratively. As right around your the morning of your second day of travel, as you're heading eastward along the road, and you're you know you're seeing how all around you the you know this, the the winter, winter has definitely started to fade. You can tell too uh, that there's there's more activity on the roads as well. You're seeing some other carts and some merchants at the dwarf house, Floy and Daggett. You've seen 
some of these dwarves that have been staying here in Bree, wintering, are getting ready to leave once more, some westward, some eastward. Along the way, though, you you pass by like this familiar site for some of you. Uh, you've seen it before. You see this ramshackle wooden hovel that at first glance it looks just like a rotting cabin on the side of the road. And you see that there is a, a steady stream of smoke coming up out of what looks like a, a, a kind of a busted chimney. You can see that there is a a group of, of fairly unsavory looking characters uh, standing out front. A couple of which look very familiar to a few of you. As you pass by, you see this very large, this very tall man. Uh, not much hair on his head. Uh, you can see that they've They've given him some kind of eye patch, it looks like, uh, that's covering one of his eyes as he's looking down, but there's a lot of discoloration on his face. Uh, and he takes a step out onto the road, kind of to block you all, and a few others come with you. They're like, okay, now, if you're all looking to pass by, there's a, there's a new toll that's going to have to be paid in all the piss. Uh, we uh, new uh, new laws for the uh, for the foreseeable future, for the spring. Uh, and anyone passing with business along the Great East Road here, passing my this wonderful inn, is going to have to pay some sort of fee here, uh, or I hand over a percentage. After all, we do such a, f- a fabulous job, as you can see, of, of, of keeping the road intact, and maintenance is, well, the price of it is quite steep. And you realize, Gilly, as you're standing a few feet from him, that a very long time ago you met this man uh, as you guys were originally investigating these mm-hmm. these hillmen. He's a fellow by the name of Buckle who uh, who got a, a dose of something in his face by Lottie. He tried to help his blindness to a degree, but didn't didn't do a very good job. And it looks like only one of his eyes has made it through. You see standing near him are a couple other other folks that look kind of familiar. You've seen them here and there. Uh, but they're all kind of, you know, none of them are even remotely, could, 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 could even harm a single one of you. Like, they have no idea what they're dealing with right now. You see uh, there's this kind of a husband and wife. They're very, very thin. Like, they had a rough winter. Like, they probably didn't get a lot of food. And you realize as you're staring at them, some of you recognize them as Ruddy and Bev. Uh, these these kind of con artists, but they did give you some good information a while back. They don't seem to recognize you, however, but they look at you very greedily and very hungrily, uh, as if they are are a little desperate. Buckle too, at the same time, looks to be very uh, very gray, very ashen, unhealthy. How do y'all want to handle this? Taxes under whose orders? That would be uh, our proprietor, Jack. Uh, yeah. He's inside the establishment, of course. Uh, making arrangements for proper maintenance uh, shifts. Master Dorf. All of oh, all of you. We've we've done this before. You may not remember us. It's been a few years since we first met. We were there just after that happened to you. Mr. Buckle. Roddy and Bev, right? 
Oh, they all kind of exchange looks. I, I know you. I don't think I know you. You don't look like faithful on that. Nah, I would remember if I knew you. There's one of the, oh, the women behind Buckle Buckles. Brought, brought you guys a couple drinks. You guys had a wonderful conversation. Not any people was, have wonderful conversations with us because we're very wonderful conversationalists. So you're going to have really, to narrow it down for a little bit more. Really not good conversationalist, but it was the redheaded woman who did that damage to that eye. And we yeah. met you just after that happened. I think our uh, I retribution of, of killing her for you is uh, sufficient enough payment, don't you think? Um, so, like, you see, Ruddy kind of speaks up. Uh, you know, that does sort of... That is the right of it, I think. I think it was that red-haired woman. That was a while ago, to be honest. I don't really remember a hobbit around at that point. You can see Buckles kind of, I, 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 I didn't see a single thing. So I don't know it was you. But I do know that whoever it was that tried to, to, to tend to my did a very piss poor job is what they did. So if anyone knows recompense, I think it's you. I can't even open my smother eye. And he flips it back and you can see that the lid is kind of merged and sort of melted with the underside. Mm -hmm. And he just can't open it. This is what you did. You know, the rest, the other one healed just fine. No, I'd have to say that's what the red-headed woman did to you, unfortunately. That no, powder it's what you in did. your face. It's what you did. You tried to help. I remember it quite clearly now. It's coming back to me very, very clearly. There were big fumbling hands trying to dose around and fix my eye and just made it worse, they did. Oh, I think you're going to pay double is what I think is going to happen. That seems like the only kind thing to do. After what you've done to my eye... I think us it, killing Lottie is sufficient. Would you like the redhead woman, Lottie, the the one I got this axe from, and I stand it down in front of me and just rest on it. Uh, you did kill her. You took that from her. I did. She uh, she was asking about. I wasn't that. able to hold on to it. Let's just say. She didn't have that when she was here, but she was asking about that thing. All sorts of questions. I don't like that thing. It gives me the... No, no, no. She said that she was going to raise the dead with that. She did. That's what she said. Are you, are you some sort of necromancer or something? I've never raised them. the dead, but I've certainly added to their ranks with it. Roll, um, uh, let's see. Roll an awe test with uh, a bonus because of the presentation of, um, of Block Fong. Let me double check, make sure I don't have anything for awe. I don't think I do. That tracks. <laughs> Uh, that is a regular success. Run. We will call it Ivan. You, you can all go on your way. They step aside. Go right We're here. also expecting a few friends to be traveling along this road. They're going to meet us a bit further up. 
I would hate for them to have to pay taxes. I, I think they would pull me back here to find a refund. We wouldn't want that, would we? No, I don't think we would. Excellent. And you you see Ruddy and Bev and Buckle, they're all kind of going back like, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't mess with Edwin. Don't worry. From what I heard about that thing, what Lottie said it could do, it's going to get him in the end. Don't worry. He's confident now. And he's like whispering this as you guys are walking away. Like, he's confident now. Look at him. <laughs> he's the poor sot. He doesn't even realize it. Reniel's going to kind of appear behind them. Uh, hmm. Batman style. Uh, does not appear that you had a good winter and she'll kind of pull some kind of dried meats from her bag and she'll kind of hand those over to them. Charity. Don't need your charity, Ranger. We just took... You agreed to not thieve those that walk past? That's coin out of your pocket? Just call it payment. It's just say you're paying the toll. He's very insistent on that. This is our toll. That's better. I'll take it then. Off with you. He steps back. As you all are just traveling past. Eventually, the Forsaken Inn is uh, out of sight. The road that you're on uh, is the further away that you get from Bree, the less maintenance has been done on it. It's not kind of well kept, uh, particularly. Uh, There's a sort of a long northward undulating ridge that kind of travels on and down. And you can see that its tallest rise a few days later is Weathertop. And you can see it just to the north. You can see there's these overgrown walls. These old broken stonework are on full display uh, atop fairly high hills. You arrive, we'll say, early in the morning when the sun is still blazing overhead. A lot, but four days have passed. A lot of the snow has melted. There's still occasionally a patch or two. But for the most part, it's you're seeing the green of the ground begin to rise up once more. You can see that all along the weathered hills to the north, they're going to trickle there. You can see on the horizons a beautiful day for sight. Uh, There are ruins, forts, watchtowers crumbled over time. As you pull off, Greater's Road ventured northward a bit. The the ruins of Weathertop or Amonsul. For those uh, who might refer to it that way, Terraneth, Irenil, probably. you you can see the ruins up there and you the two of you have probably been here before as these types of locations are un, not uncommon for rangers to stop leave leave communication for one another there's all you know all these little ruins around sometimes little caches of supplies in emergency situations so i would imagine the two of you have been here before and the ruins are very much sort of stacked up like a crown uh, atop the hill uh, as you start moving towards it when you look around, 
as you're ascending uh, the the hill a bit, uh, there's very dark dells, and the the hills themselves are a little slippery from the uh, from the the melted snow. As it's, it's a kind of a treacherous terrain, so you're moving sort of slowly up here and there. You notice that you are not the first to arrive. Uh, as you can see, what very much looks like a small encampment. Uh, not too far away from the ruins themselves, or the base of the ruins, where that broken stair kind of goes up into the to the circle. Uh, and you, from a distance, can see with great eyesight um, the company of Lady Aracel and her rangers, first to arrive, fairly close, and probably travel quite well. Uh, and you all are our second. When you uh, when you get up there, you can see that she is she kind of comes out of a tent there's the camp you can smell what sounds not 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 so much breakfast but food for the morning people are scattered about uh you can see a couple familiar faces you see vignator uh he's come along uh you spent some time with orifin he introduced you to somebody you know a couple of the folks that be coming with uh coming along he couldn't come himself he's just beyond his used years but sure. Udil is sort of the name that he, he introduced you to as being uh, kind of his second, so to speak. Uh, so those are names that you would notice. But there's a, there's a probably about a dozen rangers in total uh, that have been sent along. What do you all want to do as you arrive? Sure is expressing how uh, happy she is to, to Arunil and rest in that they sent such a strong force that that's, she's she's very happy to see everybody sorry Floyd, it depends on what you have uh and and Vinyatur will will greet you Floyd will step up extend an arm dwarf looks like we uh we beat you here surprised to see you first thought we'd be the first ones here well, you are the closest, but I guess your small little legs just uh, couldn't move as quickly as ours, could they? And he says it like with a with a grin, but at the same time, it is sort of shocking, as he wasn't really the you know that type when you spoke to him before. But you can see he's laid back a bit, and he makes a little grin. How long have you been? We have other allies coming. We've uh, just set up camp yesterday. We've not seen anyone yet. We, uh, we heard word from Elra here and Eladin that they they might be bringing a few folks, and I do emphasize few, that um, their father was not receptive to a larger force, but, but they would be coming themselves. Well, they're very keen on seeing you lot again, helping with Miss Gilly. So they'll be here shortly, I would imagine. They move very quickly and quietly. They do. What of your folk? What have you brought to Arthur? Just us so far, but we have some from Tharbad coming up. Not bad. I didn't realize dwarves were of uh, any abundance down in that city. I've uh, passed through it once or twice, but it hasn't been quite recently. Thought that was mostly men. There for work. We caught him at an interesting time. I say. Fighters. 
Sturdy? Quite sturdy. We've been up once. Numbers? Gilly nudges Terraneth as we're talking about Tharbat. <laughs> kind of and at, at the nudge, Terra gets a little <laughs> red. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, don't... Uh, and she turns to Daggett. Did, uh, didn't you also... We sent communications to your brother? Uh, I would not rely on him to show. But at least his company is a few, perhaps? I've heard no message back. Oh, I, I don't presume if we would re get return messages, but we did send a request in winter. They did say they would show. Uh, Foy, did we mail your family as well or no? I've sent messages. Indeed. Well, I would expect then a, uh, a very large fighting force of dwarves. I've heard that in large groups they can be, well, they can be quite terrifying. Even, even, even three. We had Floy, Thorbum, and Thievy, and that's when we killed Rotag, and that was, I could tell you that story later if you'd like. I very much would. There's a little bit, Miss, Miss Kesselgrace. I think we've got time for storytelling. I think we're going to be here for a little while. Gilly tells the most amazing stories. Well, I am in excited to hear it. There's, um, there's food, if you like it, if you're hungry. Um, Lady Arisil, she has been there. Uh, she's been taking a moment to... Well... This is a special place, is it not? So much history. So much, uh, so much sadness, yeah. But she will, I'm sure, be very happy to see you. Although I doubt she will show it. We'll settle in. Uh, is there anything that needs sending to that we can assist with? Well, um, if you would like to, um, with keen eyes, if I recall. Yes. We've been setting up a scout rotation, if you'd like to participate. Keeping an eye on the roads to the south and whatever else we might see, if there's any dangers coming from the north. I'm sure we could uh, learn a thing or two from uh, keen-eyed kettle grass. I don't... <laughs> and she just kind of perks up a little bit and she... Uh, thank you and will immediately kind of tend to her horse and then settle off to go find the rest of the scouts. Okay. So, you guys all sort of fan out. We're going to do like a kind of a series of sort of like a, like a fortnight is basically how long this is probably going to take is various people from, you know, different, uh, different places to settle in. Uh, we see sort of monta a montage kind of begin to to sort of happen here and there as you sit down with these rangers, you have moments of of conversation. Um, at one point, uh, Gilly, uh, Lady Arisil, somewhat surprisingly, uh, maybe at, at, not the first night, but maybe the second or the third, sits down next to you. I'm told that you're a scholar. Is that true? 
Yes. Indeed. I was not aware that your kind... I had scholarship. I've learned something today. I'm curious, my dear. What do you know of this place? Great question. What do I know? Uh, you can roll a lore. There's a limit to what you probably know, but you can roll a lore, and depending on what you know, uh, you'll get some stuff for sure. Good. Most of it from probably perusing the uh, the annals of old, uh, of old Oswald Breaker. Oh, yeah. Uh, great success. You would know that this... Uh, this place was uh, a very, I would say we know two things. With the great success, I'd say you know two things. One, that it was a fort that goes back as, as, as long as the history of Arnor and these northern kingdoms, like into their founding. Like it goes back that far and that it was somewhat like a center point of the kingdom, which leads to the second point that it became sort of a source of, um, uh, sort of a, a push and pull as, as that kind of lineage from, from Numenor and from Elendil kind of started to, to fade out here and there and break apart a bit and that they kind of fought over it. And eventually it was, uh, so like the different successor kingdoms, Arthur Dane, like the different sons of, of, uh, who was it? Who was the other king? Uh, Erendor, what was it? I think. Nuriel? No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, that's no, something else. I'm reading uh, something King, else. King, uh, King Erendor, I think, is the is the, the king who was like the last king of Arnor, and then it was sort of split up into the, like the three separate kingdoms. Okay. And um, and then like, there was definitely like angst about who was going to, to get this particular point. Um, so that was probably what you, what you would know, like those two things. Like it had that kind of... That kind of, like it has that kind of history, you know, very, very old in terms of the, the realm of men. Yeah, which Gilly would, would tell her and she'd also, looking up at it, wouldn't it be lovely if we could return it to its formal, former glory for your people? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help Daggett here. And Tolkien scholars, you can correct me on this, but Erendur was the last king of Arnor and then it broke off into separate kingdoms. Arvidui was after, um, I want to say, Argaleb tried to make a claim on, like, Cardolan and try to reform them. And that's where, like, Arvidui stems from. So, like, the original OG Arner, like, the last king was Erendor. I think that's right. So someone can look that up for me. If I'm wrong, don't tell me. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> uh, so she looks at you and she's like, um, she says... Rangers are not one for building. Not anymore. We have uh, stewardship, wardenship. But no, it's those people. And she kind of like nods in the west. Can't see Bree from here or anything like that, mm -hmm. but she nods in that direction. You know what she's referring to. It's those who will... They're the ones who I think will build now. They'll... They'll determine it. But... It's a very, very curious place. Once Herald, uh, 
very powerful artifact, seeing stone, palantir, sometimes it was called, and that in and of itself was, well, very glorious, so it's told. But you're not wrong. It was very much a divisive spot. I can't say I'm the most scholarly of my house, but I did pay attention. When, uh, when Anna did break and the lines split, eventually it passed to Arthur Dane. And there it was fortified for years. And King Argaleb, well, he fortified it, but he was challenged by Rudalo and the Hillmen who long since outnumbered Dunedain influence. And they were, they turned to Angmar, your foe, cast us aside. And he died here, not exactly where, but I believe it is on the western slope. Hmm, what was it, Arverlake now? I can't remember. But one of them died here to Hillmen. Many have died. The Witch King. At least that's what they were called. Some have called. Mm-hmm. Very powerful creature. Led the forces of Angmar swept through. And they burned this place to the ground. Well, what they could, at least. Fortunately, the Seeing Stone was... It's not here. It's the only saving grace. They brought it to Fornast, and that too is a ruin. So much little hobbies up here. My people is in ruins. Hmm. You are Bree? Is that right? Ah, yes, from Bree. I wonder hundreds of years from now what will be left of you. A good thought to ponder. But I believe everyone does leave at least some touch of themselves behind, so I don't worry too much of it. I suppose. Anyhow, I'm just an old woman lamenting... Lamenting her ancestors. You have many years ahead of you. You hobbit folk, you age at a peculiar rate, don't you? Yes, and I am rather young for a hobbit as well. Mm. Young on such grand adventures. Uh, Why do you risk yourself for these people here? Why do you risk yourselves for those within the walls of Bree who haven't lifted a finger to help anyone else? The dwarves toil away in their minds looking for riches. The elves, I know you said you expect them here, but outside of my dear friends Elro here and Eladin, I I would say there won't be any others. Why do you risk yourself, your life for this when you have so much of it ahead of you? It's the right thing to do. 
I saw this evil and I recognized it and it's irresponsible of me to ignore it, so I refuse to do so. Classic case of Ashley stops talking while Jeff is typing. I was like, wait, what? Classic case. Just, yeah. Add, an, add, a, add, a, add a dramatic yeah. pause to your to your speech, at least. Yeah. <sighs> An idealist. Very interesting. Is that a... Is the trait of your people, Miss Kettlegrass? Optimism? Uh, I've learned it from my mother, certainly. Uh, hope is important to have and I do have hope that even if we light this way that others will continue to see what we see and take up our fight uh, and it's it has spread it has spread has to you it has spread to she's looking behind you I don't see the party of Breelanders that are coming to assist in this unfortunately it hasn't spread there but it it will, hopefully. I believe it will. Well, maybe you'll be right. Maybe I will be right. We we shall see. Time will tell. Now, I am going to get some rest. Because apparently you are due. We are due new numbers tomorrow. Yes. Yes. So. She kind of drifts off at that point, wanders away. You can see she's very, like, morose. Like, you can tell, like, something about mm -hmm. this place is sort of weighing on her. And, like, I would say all of you to a certain degree, especially the rangers, like, you f you can probably feel it, too. Like, it just feels. Yeah. Like, yeah. like despite the, the sun being up, like, there's a bright, beautiful sun coming up every morning and setting every night. You just sort of feel this, like, sadness sort of pressing down on you. As this is a we've place that we've left Bree, we've left Yule, and this is definitely a change in tone. The next day, or maybe the day after that, you see a a group of folk, uh, a, a mixture of, we'll say, Gilly. Maybe maybe you're you're on the scouting, you're on the scouting position for this. Mm -hmm. You see a mixture of folk. You see humans, dwarves, a troll. Maybe you're like, what the hell is that? And you see. They're kind of haphazardly dressed, uh, but as they get closer, you recognize a few of the uh, a few of the, the colorings of like the bandit gear, the bandit guard gear of Tharbat. As you see, suddenly kind of trudging up the hill, coming up over this hilltop, right as like this gust of wind sends his hair just kind of off to the left. You see Thorvum kind of leading the pack. He looks very well kept, very clean. It looks like he has been shaving somewhat, uh, dressed very nicely. Uh, and you can see that with him, uh, he has brought several of his guard uh, also in that same. They are less uh, attractive uh, than, than he is, but they are <laughs> nonetheless here. Very exciting. You also see Thorvum and Thebe. And what looks like about, in total, maybe about a half dozen dwarves. Uh, you would presume the other crafters that were with them. Uh, as there's probably, in all in all, when you add it all together, somewhere between about 12 and 15 people that you see coming up over. And who you thought was a troll is, in fact, 
a man with the largest fist you've ever seen. You see Titus, these giant ham hocks, as they, as they climb up. Next to you is Vignator, and he whispers, friends of yours. Yes, and Gilly ignores everyone else, and you see her as she hauls towards Titus and just leaps upon him. <laughs> and he reaches up and tries to catch you, fumbles you a bit because he doesn't have delicate hands. <laughs> and the two of you just go kind of collapsing to the ground. Like, careful, careful, Miss Gilly. Careful, Miss Gilly, you're going to hurt yourself. You've, a you told man. me that you weren't able to come. Oh, I cleaned up my schedule. Uh, you know. Uh, I'm so thrilled. The truth is that old library woman, Agna, came here took one of my wooden spoons and whacked me on the head with it about a hundred times every day for the past... How long has it been since I've seen you? Two months? Three months? However it yeah. is, look at my head. Look at it. And oh, you can I'm see so the... sorry. There's just bruising all down the side of it. She said, if I, if I don't go up there and make sure that little Miss Kettledress comes back and if I don't make sure that her brain and her mind stays intact, well, she's going to hit me with a spoon every single day until my brain turns to mush. And I told her... My brain's already partially mush, and she says, I don't care, I'll make it the rest of the way mush, and then, uh, let me hold here, I Well, I'm just, I'm so glad you're here. Come on, uh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, I'm just, I, I gotta introduce you to people, and, uh, and, and then Gilly will remember her manners at that point, and then thank everyone else, and be like, here, let me lead you <laughs> to camp, and introduce you all to everyone. Okay. So you go around, you start introducing people. Um, she quickly uh, finds Tara and like flags her over as she's like wiggling her eyebrows suggestively at her. <laughs> Titus? Oh my god, Titus! So good. Tara. And, and Tara runs up to no. Titus and gives no, him no, a big hug. <laughs> and Gilly is like pushing aggressively at and Tara's hips towards where she should be going. Go oh, get your man. He is not seen. Anyone else? Yeah, she's very excited to see Titus. Um, also, Tara's not particularly small. Like she's, I know, big. Why I like think knocked him over. She, <laughs> yeah, she's 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 like a big, muscly kind of person. <laughs> like she's life is not how you would describe Tara. <laughs> So broad is much more appropriate. <laughs> somewhat shortly after he had gotten knocked to the ground by Gilly and trying not to drop her, you come and knock him like down again. Why is everyone knocking me down? I thought we were allies. Why am I getting knocking down? And so he falls. Oh, it's so good to see you, Dennis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, he see as Thorvim and Phoebe come up to Floy, Daggett, the rest of the dwarves kind of start huddling around. Like, hey, I said we'd come. Here we are. This is it. Trust you. This How's is the travel. Eh, it was all right. The, the big one over there with the hair he kept fussing about it every morning. I don't know what his deal is. I, uh, he said, "We got a hustle. We got a hustle." I've never moved so fast in my life. And they being on, we ran all the way up to Angmar. We hustled the whole time, and he's like, "Hustle. We're gonna go faster, faster, faster. We're gonna be late. We're gonna be late." Oh my goodness, he's got a bug up his ass. Anyway, otherwise it was fun. Well, I admit I was a bit nervous, but now that there are a few dwarves with us, we might have some success on this expedition. Yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, we got some some brains and some brawn now. 
This is going to be a piece of cake. Not the first time a few of us have been up to Angmar. <laughs> this guy, the newbie here. First time, is it? He comes over, razzes you a bit, because you haven't been to Angmar, have you? you no, know? I haven't. No, yeah. Okay. I'll try to hold my own. Oh, I'm sure you'll do just fine. I'm sure you'll do just fine with your big old block fong, whatever it is. <sighs> I just, just take start just patting it. Our names, mine, uh, this one here is called uh, Red uh, Tooth. Eh? What'd you name yours, Stevie? Uh, I'm going to name mine uh, Blue Mola. Okay, I didn't <laughs> name mine. It, it's written on the blade, Block yeah. Fong. One other one, one other random dwarf's like, ah, I think I'm going to name mine uh, Green Canine. And it's just like this constant, like, razzing of they all come up with these silly names to just sort of <laughs> razz you a little bit. And then finally we see Tharnau uh, just sort of standing, just sort of off to the side as Tara, you get up and there's Tharnau. You can see in all his glory. He's much more dashing than you maybe remember him as he's cleaned up a bit. Uh, he's probably probably worked out over the over the winter a bit as he... He comes up to you. I, were you where? I, I'm trying to remember. I think Floyd invited him. Yeah, I was the one that invited him. So, right? No, yeah, so Tara is not expecting to see Tharno. Like she, she, when they left our bed, she left a note with yeah. uh, Titus to give to Tharno. I have no idea if it made it to him. Uh, so, but uh, and I especially had no idea that he's going to be here. But so, the, the note didn't did say that we could use his help if he if okay. he wanted to join us. So he will, uh, seeing you run towards Titus, uh, he will, with a dash of disappointment, uh, go over towards Floy, shake his hand, and he'll say, "Thank you, you for the invite, Master Floy. Indeed, we had not too late. I hope, just in time. Excellent, excellent. I see uh, you've already got a few." You have these renowned rangers on your side here. You picked a very interesting spot, you did, for the mustering. We'll settle in. We've made preparations. Are we waiting for more, or should we be on soon? There might be a few more. All right. We'll find a place, then. Uh, I'm sure Titus will want to cook something up. He's been... Talking very, very often over the last few days about uh, different things you like to cook. Constantly. He just won't shut up. He just keeps going and going aggressively about everything he wants to cook. Quite a flapper on that guy. I think, I think he's got a problem, Mr. Floor. Let's just make sure we direct him in the right place. Uh, it's it's at this point that Tara kind of looks over to see who Floyd is talking to. Uh, thinks he's much taller than a dwarf, and uh, sees Tharno, mm -hmm. and uh, Tharno. Uh, any? <clears throat> yes, Miss Tara. Uh, it's very good to see you. Comes over. Tharno. Uh, <laughs> She doesn't quite know how to how to greet him, so kind of 
starts to go in for a hug and then <laughs> ends yeah. with that warrior <laughs> shake. Fist bump. Where, where did that come from? Hey. He fist bump, he high fives. Just what's going on here? Uh, what are you doing here? Uh, Master Floy uh, requested our assistance. He said you had a task of dire importance. Ah. Uh. Received message from Miss Kesselgrass uh, over the winter. This is the mustering location. We are here. Lend aid. I show that Tharbad is ready to come back to the fold. We are good people. Some of us are good people. My father is not particularly happy that I have joined this in Murdoch, certainly. <laughs> when I invited him, he... He laughed for three days consecutively, but some of us are very good people. Um, I'm very happy to see you. And he, you know, a little bit of color comes to his cheeks, but then as a way of, of breaking the tension, he's a Mr. Daggett, I say your nose has gotten even more crooked than last way I saw it. What on earth has happened to you? What happened to me? Why are you here? You came back for another beating? One wasn't enough? I seem to remember that I was the one who won the last beating. I must have hit you harder than you thought. Rattled something around in that head of yours? Um, Daggett, didn't we, like, find you in the alley covered in garbage? I go to, like, give her a shove, but hit her a little too hard. <laughs> I just as whole has a hand behind Gilly, so she doesn't move at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so you all just sort of spread out at that point. More camps. You see some tents go up, different campfires. The smell of food starts wafting through as, as Titus is very excited to share these new stews, stew recipes he has with you. Uh, that part of his uh, part of his deal with Agna was that she was going to give him like these. She found these ancient cookbooks that she's kind of giving over to him, things like that. So all of that, all of that. Tertus uh, go up to Titus while he's cooking and say very quickly, like, uh, "Do you remember I gave you a note to give to Tharnell?" Right, I did. Yeah, I didn't give it to him, though. I, uh, I'm sorry. I dropped it in a stew. Okay. I tried to take it out, and, and I tried to write oh, it out again. That's, that's okay. That's okay. I don't know how to write. <laughs> but that's okay. I read it, though. Um, um, I could tell it to him. You want me? I have it recited, if you want me to go recite no, it to him. that's all right. That's, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. Over dinner, he just loudly just stands up and just starts to recite it like without you even asking. <laughs> I I thought you couldn't read. I can't. Then how did you read the note? Miss Agna, she she read it for me. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> she, uh, Everybody she around town knows Tara's business. And was whacking me on the head in the Everybody middle. Everybody except Arna has read the note. <laughs> It became a, it became a bit of a, of, a, of some sort of a, you know, one of those, a, what are those things called? Like a, like a minstrel type of thing. She almost kind of sang, beat on my head like it was a drum, and then she would read it, and then everyone would clap afterwards. So we thought it was like, um, everyone. What? Oh. There were a couple dozen people or so inside of the inside of the inn. 
Oh god. Arnau <laughs> was in the end. <laughs> no, I didn't I don't think it was there. I saw some of his men were there, but I didn't see him. Oh, oh. <laughs> is very embarrassed and uh has and and goes to go for it, Dardo. <laughs> so uh, so as she walks away, like Titus turns to, to Gilly, and I know you didn't probably write this, but it's like, what does yearning mean? What is yearning? What does that yeah, mean? It's, uh, it's just strong emotions of affection. <laughs> she fancies got, him. Yes. <laughs> oh, don't they look so dashing together? Hey, Marcus. It's fun. Never I guess I'm just yearning for your stew right now. Oh, look at it. Look at it. And she kind of looks around. On our way up, we grabbed ourselves some turkeys. It's a turkey stew. Kind of hands it over to you all. <laughs> at some point, Daggett would uh, go up next to Floy. Floy, you notice Tara and Tharnow are acting strange. Do you think they've spent too much time in the sun? Strangers, they've been each other's company and thought about it. That's what I've heard. They were together? <laughs> well, yeah. For how long? When did this happen? No one told me this. Oh, I don't know the history. Well, thanks for keeping me in the loop. Oh, I thought you were best friends with them with that brawl at the bar. Well, we didn't talk about women. We were just punching each other and punching orcs most of the time. Understandable. <laughs> Floyd, do you have a woman? Of course. Didn't I introduce you? <laughs> oh, I forgot that night. <laughs> I've forgotten many more. So we'll say... Don't you also have a girlfriend, Daggett? Uh, it was nothing official. Oh. Rural Gilly. She'll kill you if she hears that. I tried so hard <laughs> in my head to justify somehow getting Floyd's fairy wife and Daggett's rustic Gilly girlfriend, but I just could not think of a reason that would... It, it just strained so much credulity. I just couldn't see it happen. Okay. So we'll say um, the night progresses. We see... Reunions, we see introductions uh, as some of the rangers are introduced to the folks from Tharbad. The dwarves are introduced to the rangers, etc. All of this kind of comes around. Uh, and like I said, this is all kind of happening over the course of like a fortnight as you guys are here. There's plenty of time to talk with folks. But as we kind of progress it a bit, we a day or two passes. Uh, the camp has spread and grown. You've seen some... You've seen some traffic on the road, but it's not always people coming into your camp. Uh, sometimes it's, you, know, you can see there's merchants that are traveling here and there. Uh, sometimes you can see that there's animal crossings where you see just these packs of creatures. More than once, you've heard like howls in the distance to suggest that there might be wargs or wolves somewhere. So, so those of you that are actually taking up scouting positions or scouting posts, like you are... It's not just, you know, summer camp. You are making sure that things are, you're, you're staying on alert. And the bigger your group is growing, the more 
noise you're making, the easier it is to see. Like stealth is really not as much as an option for you. But a few days after a few days where it was getting a little bit odd as no one else was showing and it was starting to feel like there might not be, you know, any more. You all awake and somehow there are in your in your camp beyond the range of scouts that that sort of exterior uh, that were keeping an eye on who comes uh, into the uh, into this area. Uh, there is when you look up. You notice that there are several elves that just are standing off to the side here and there, stepping into shadows. You can see that they are all dressed in what look to be armor. They look like they're going to war. You see that there is like the, a very familiar crest that some of you have seen, Floyd and Gilly and Arineal. Uh, you see the crest of... Uh, a forlorn Lady Ortolos, and you recognize two faces standing before you. Uh, you see Amderim, uh, who was sort of the uh, unofficial second uh, to Lady Ortolos, and you see a group of heavily armored uh, wardens, guards of some kind. And as one of them removes their helmet, you see the face of Balavan. Uh, and he seems to have brought some of them with you. There's there's six elves in total. Uh, you can see that there are four of counting Balavan in this heavy, heavy armor and Amdrim in a second uh, that are kind of in, in lighter gear, but all are equipped and ready to go for war. Amdrim uh, steps forward and is the one who speaks. He goes up to those he recognizes, Arineal and Floy and Gilly. He says to you, we come to help. We come with grave tidings, I'm afraid. The arrows of Forland, Lady Lady Ortolos, she, they, they are wasting even more than they have in the past. The minds plagued by mistaken memories. Many a time I've caught her staring off into the distance and not to the west, but northward. We come because I am in some state to be of help. Balavan as well. Now, I want to I want to get a point of clarification amongst the group. Do they know that something befell Sorendir? Um, would you all have messaged them? I think Gelly would have written a letter. And you see Ben Balavan will step forward. Um, and if there can be anger shown on an Elvis face, you probably see it there. Mm-hmm. And I have come because my friend Sorendir was left behind. And he kind of says it in a somewhat accusatory manner. Mm-hmm. And I mean to retrieve him. And, so and 
Gilly doesn't refute it at all. She does take the, uh... Not the only one. I didn't Looks expect you to here. show from the help. We didn't help you much. Happy to see you here. I am not here for you, Master Floyd. I am here because there needs to be someone here who puts Sorendir's interests above their own. That is what I will do. And if our tasks are entwined, so be it. We are nonetheless grateful for your presence. We have, all of us, spent many a moment with regret for what had passed. Turns to you. How long has it been since my once friend was left behind in that icy wasteland. How many moments have you spent? Because I think it has been, for your kind, quite some time. And only now are you aiming to do anything about it. When one has a large task ahead, Time is required for preparation. One cannot always do what one wants to do or what one feels should come first. You do not have to believe what is in my heart. We will fight alongside Nonetheless. Takes his helmet, puts it back on. You are right. I do not believe you for anything. And he and his kind, like his the guys that are actually heavily armored, will turn and they will move off and find their own space. Andrim will remain for the second. Do not mind him. His feelings towards Sorendir are very complicated. They left on better terms, and I am not sure if that has made Sorendir's disappearance easier or more difficult for him to handle. But we thank you for the notification, Miss Skittlegrass. Lady Octoros... Sorry, I couldn't deliver it in person. Of course. Lady Octoros is... Still very invested in your tasks ahead and greatly, truly thanks you for all the efforts that you have put forth for every elf of Forlond. And although Balavan's anger is fierce, you have our thanks and our regret that more could not be sent in aid. If anyone, any of us, should be lamenting the time between action, inaction, and reaction, 
is not you all, but us. We had plenty of time. And we'd let it waste. But we are here to help you. Is not wrong. Well, I think he might be. Do not be so hard on yourself. I did not know Soren dear well. But he struck me as an elf who would not be dissuaded from what he set his mind to do. In the way that Miss Kettlegrass told it, it was a decision that he made, not one that you all did. This is true. I I do I do owe Balavan an apology. But the words just don't come. We um, wish we had tied him up when we made camp so he couldn't have <laughs> walked away, to be honest. He laughs a bit, uh, very softly. Well, that might have had some effectiveness, I would imagine. Do not apologize to Balavan in words. Help him. And that will be enough. He is a man who forgives. It might take him a very long time, but he will. So, at that point, we see the elves kind of split off. Again, more introductions. You bring Anderim and even Balavan to meet Lady... Uh, uh, you meet, uh, to meet Vinyator and Lady Arasil. Introductions are made to the dwarves from Darbad to Thorvum uh, to Thebe to Tharnal. There's a lot of TH names from Tharbad. Totally unintentional. Uh, but now that I think about it, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> There's a T in their name. They're from Tharbad. Done. And some time passes. More days pass again. And I would say you're kind of giving it a fortnight. You're giving it two weeks to see if, uh, if more would come. And then one morning, a foggy one, in fact, after a rainy uh, rainy night, a rainy early a.m. You all see, not coming up the road as much as coming up over the hill, uh, and not from southwest of you, but in fact, sort of northwestish, as you th- see from a distance and not hidden even in the slightest, and maybe you even hear them first because they are extraordinarily loud. But you hear the chanting as dwarves show in the morning sun, armor glistening with uh, with water. It is it's a sight to behold, but at the same time, it is a mismatched group as they do, do not all bury, uh, carry a singular crest. They do not all seem to, to, to wear the same, the same gear. And we see trudging up the slopes being you know given pause for a moment from some of the scouts we see some familiar faces not those from the halls of gladrock 
But we see some of the Oathbreaker dwarves, led by a an older, older kind of fair-haired dwarf who you all would know by the name of Rollin. And there's what looks to be about ten dwarves in this little retinue. And he removes this helm, and you can see this sort of blonde gray hair on you know unfurl. He's got some some braids here and there, but otherwise it's it's fairly uh, it's fairly wild. He's got his beard, and he looks around and he says, "I heard there was a, a gathering going on here, and I see there's some dwarves. So clearly, it's a gathering of fine folk. Perhaps there's room for more." Good to see you. I'm oh, glad you made it. the long trip. I promised it, didn't I? You helped us. We helped you. Simple, easy. A dwarf is as good as his word. And they don't call us the Oathbreakers for nothing. And he kind of laughs and grins at that as he thinks about the joke. Oh, so that's what that means. <laughs> Master Floyd! Who are you? I must say, I don't see quite a quite many dwarves from the halls of Gladrock, do we? Oh, isn't that embarrassing for you? Isn't you got it? Me there. Not much fighters there. Oh, uh, bankers, I would imagine. Lord masters and kind, those kinds, yes? The many, yeah. Oh, don't be embarrassed. Everyone's embarrassed of their families. And as you guys are talking, you see the other dwarves from Tharbad, Thorvum and Thievi come up. You see like the classic dwarf. Like, ah, it's like they are all just old friends. Like they don't, you don't, they don't know each other, but they act like old friends. Ah, what are you doing? Ah, from the Dudland? You've been in the Dudland the other way up towards the north? What are you going to freeze your tails off up there? What's wrong with you? And they're just like constant harassing back and forth. Like, it's like, I don't want to live in the blue. I don't want to live in the blue back and forth. And then you can see uh, stepping forth from the group uh, that just came and kind of removing a helm uh, and coming up to you, Daggett, uh, you see the face of your brother. You see Snagit. Hello, brother. Room for one more. Uh, of course. Always. Hmm. You look, um... Well, you look fucking hideous. What happened to your face? Well, I tried to fix it, and I just... It adds character, doesn't it? I think you've got enough of it, to be honest. It's all right. I already got a girlfriend in uh, Mitchell Delving, so. In this Shire? That's oh, a long story. I, I'm just saying, uh, I must be attractive still. Still better looking than you. I don't know about that. Let's not go crazy. Yeah? And if it's a long story, well, I think we've got some time. It looks like we do. Good. And he like 
kind of hesitates. He looks a little like uncertain. He's not in charge anymore. You've noticed like you can tell everyone it's Rollin like for certainty. Um, and he seems just to be like kind of one of the doors. He's just one of the guys. He's not like he's, he doesn't give any you know directions. Like there's packs that are being carried. There's supplies. He is fetching, helping this and that. You see, he like, you know, he's like, we'll speak later. And he kind of runs off and you see him like just doing these menial tasks and things like that. Like, Humble things that he might not have done in the past as he starts moving about. And then uh, some time passes. We see a few more days and at a certain point, like Lady Aerosil, you can see she's like growing impatient. She's like, there's a storm front on the horizon. And my, my feeling, if this is like years past, we linger here much longer then that storm front will turn into another will turn to another and soon will be well this entire hillside will be one slippery mess and we'll be down in one of the dells in a bog of our own creation if we don't leave soon well we might not leave till summer it's best we get a move on. The last group from the farthest part we know have arrived. Indeed. And so we close on what looks like a group of, you know, like, like there's a fairly large tent. And so we'll say the group of the group of you, we see some other very familiar faces. We see Lady Arasil. We see Vinyator. We see Anderim. We see Balavan. We see, uh, Thorvum, maybe, and Thebe, um, Rollin from the Oathbreakers. We see all of you kind of huddling around this flat stone. We've got unfurled maps that Gilly brought from Oswald's library that that Lady Aerosol brought from her own collection that that Thar that the Thar now is able to coax out of out of old Agna and sort of planning out your routes. Discussion kind of goes deep into the night when finally you guys hear just a, a little, they've got company, riders. And you guys look out and you see kind of coming up, there's a handful of these beautiful steeds, like they, these, these sort of white, off-white colored horses that are far bigger than any of your ponies. And you see what looks like this very ornate, and and very just beautifully crafted armor, elvish make. And you see the twins, Elro here and Eladin riding up. You see behind them, two more elves are in procession behind them, but not in any way that seemed as, um, yeah, they seem a little bit more loose. There's not many. And they kind of hop off their horses and they kind of step in like, oh, I'm glad we didn't uh, we didn't get left behind. Sorry for the lay for the sorry for the wait. Unfortunately, our father is uh, very long-winded at times. As all of you gather around the table, make introductions, shake hands, and begin to plan your journey northward for the final time. We'll end there. We'll pick up on that next week. Oh. As the allies have been mustered. Oh, oh goodness. Man.
I like I know we didn't do anything stressful, but now that we have everybody here, I am so stressed out. I typed it out in chat, and I think a few of you, I think, I think, I think, I think a couple of you are catching on. You guys, there's a lot of familiar faces, and I can tell you that they're not all coming back. No. Yeah, I know. Oh, I gotta figure out how Tara feels about start (laughs) offing. Yeah, you got plenty of time for that. We got our journey phase next time, which we're going to do like normal, but it'll be a little bit different since it's a much bigger party. Like it will still do the normal roles and things like that. But like Mm -hmm. it's a much bigger party as you're like 50 something strong at this point, uh, like trekking up to Angmar. You have a pretty decent grouping here, a host uh, as you're traveling. So... Yeah, and then uh, when we get to to, to Angmar, there's going to be tasks. Like, there's some tasks we know, and then there's some tasks you don't necessarily know and things like that, and we'll, mm. we'll go from there. But the end is in sight as the uh, the allies have come together. Slow, slowly rolling in all the callbacks it's, and everything. No, is, I, I don't like doing. that. I was trying to get a, little call, a couple <laughs> callbacks in, too. I know, it's, yes. it's, it's a little self-indulgent, but whatever. Uh, oh, but this like, is so great. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> The forsa- I wanted to get the Forsaken in. So I'm not sure if you remember this, Gilly. Uh, so ma- maybe my memory is, of different, is different, but I remember someone trying... I thought it was Gilly, but I guess it could have been Aerie, but I think it was Gilly. Uh, someone tried, tried to heal him, and it yeah. went horrifically. I think like a Sauron yeah. popped up or yeah. something, yeah. and I just remember it like it went really bad. Like And uh, and so that's, yeah, that's where that uh, Yeah, because he was in the kitchen, so Gilly had all of this like dirty kitchen equipment, so she had this like nasty rag that she had yeah. used. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, that's right. That's what I remember. Yeah, exactly. So I remember, so it's like, I feel like uh, Buckle and Titus are two sides of the same coin. coin like Titus amazing. is if things went well, and buckles if things went bad like you know that's kind of <laughs> essentially what it is so and i thought about snagit but i thought it'd be it'd be nice to bring snagit back so i can uh so i can get that armband that you owe me <laughs> that's what i said in chat i gotta give it back to him now of course Just you do of course hand you do. it over to snagit <laughs> and then he'll give it back to soren deer when you guys discover that soren is totally fine he's totally fine and i'll get to he play two characters at once yeah, well, see, the thing with Sorendir is what you guys don't realize is he is actually the big bad. He wanted to stay behind because he got that whole kingdom to himself now. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be bonkers? Long-term plan. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, yep. gosh. You found him in Angmar for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, technically, I think we were in Root Hour, but close enough. Close enough. All right. So that is uh, it for this week. Uh, we've got... So we're going to do journey next week. Well, I mean, I don't imagine the journey is going to take the whole session. So we might begin the sort of sort of the planning. Where where are you sending people to this and that? So there's going to be tasks and things. So it's going to be a little RTS in some way. You have a bunch of resources at your disposal. Uh, and yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, oh my but gosh, it's getting so close. <laughs> it is. It's getting really close. Like it's it's where it, that was 62. Um, I was thinking that at. At, at the very latest, would probably be seventy five. Would be I thought we might make it to seventy five. I'm not sure sure now. We might just make it to seventy, but I still think we got a good month or two. So, oh gosh, that's yep. oh, that's, that's a small number. <laughs> I mean, it, well, sixty two. So, so I, I I don't know. I think I think I mean I think two months is because like I'm trying to account for the fact that there's probably going to be some fights and those battles can kind of go on a really long time and so even though now not a lot of time passes in the campaign like a, the, the, the mm-hmm. combats can sometimes especially against tougher foes which you obviously will be uh, yeah. engaged with uh, then uh, yeah yeah it'll be a great time either way 
Yeah. I, hopefully. Whatever it is. So uh, let's go ahead yes. and do some closing yes. and sad. plugs. Great. And and Maybe. And I don't know. Lots of sad. You guys ever watch the end of Return of the King and just bawl your, your eyes out? Like, yes, like, Jeff. That is yeah. absolutely. Yes. Remember when you were just sending us sad Sam. clips for yeah. us to just cry? <laughs> yeah. Sam. I remember. <laughs> it's, the, it's the old wound. It's never oh healed. God. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> there will be no Gandalf bets. Saying, no bets will be done. Gandalf turning around. Frodo. And then Sam's face. Whoa, you're leaving? What the fuck? That's not what he says. But like, yeah, it's pretty awful. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, all right. So... Uh, let's, uh, I, 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 I might be spoiling Return of the King finale for people, but you've had a very long time. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. Only about uh, 20 years, Jeff. Okay. What is the statute limitation on spoilers? I mean, <laughs> you also could have read the books and everything too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get out of here. Uh, so what do we got coming up? Uh, Monday, Call of Cthulhu, Horror on the Orient Express. Uh, Tuesday, Stephen, what do we got? Playing more Forbidden Lands. Jeff's going to be there. Melissa's going to be there. They're going to try and get out of this dungeon that they are lost in. Uh, and they're going to become fast friends with a nice, furry, cute otter. No. no, no, no. So <laughs> one of those is accurate. Uh, after that, we've got Thursdays. We're playing Die, uh, the role-playing game. Fancy Heartbreaker from Rowan, Rook, and Descart. As uh, very, very fun. Melissa and I are in that. And you can see folks like Jeremy and Aaron, Kipser, uh, and Evan uh, has hopped in. If you watched our uh, Twilight Imperium game, he's gonna hop. He hopped into that game as well. So very excited. Uh, it's a really, really fun, wild game. Uh, Friday next week would normally be Conan, but early uh, birthday wishes to our pal Aaron. Uh, so we're not going to be doing Conan as he's got some birthday plans. Uh, we're going to sort something else out instead, though. I don't know what yet. And then we'll be back on Saturday for this. If you have not followed the channel, uh, please do. We would very much, uh, we very much love that if you did that. And if you could also go over to YouTube and uh, look for the adventures and lollygagging, drop a subscribe there and that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, if you really don't like seeing our faces, don't forget that we also have podcast feeds of most of our games. Uh, and you can kind of look for that wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and raid uh, Boys from the Baltic Star, as we so often do on Saturdays, uh, as they are playing a game. I don't know what game because I can't see it on their overlay, but they are playing a game or they could be doing taxes. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Thanks, everyone, going out tonight. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Hey.